Welcome to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Adam McManus, our host on theworldview.com, the Worldview in Five Minutes, our daily news updates on weekdays, is with me today. And Adam, uh, we are in a brave new world. Wake up and smell the napalm. This is not a good time for raising children, especially if your kids are being absorbed into the zeitgeist. And I speak of the Common Sense Media's new report just released, I think this is just a week ago or so, and you've seen the report. I think it's something like 40, 50 pages. They did a big deal on children and pornography. And and again, it's time for parents to realize that this is a big deal, that this is an age of media access unlike anything kids have ever had in the history of the world. They have the red light district right at their fingertips, and we're talking about Something like 95% of kids under 17 years of age have access to iPhones, iPads, some form of personalized media. And uh, the, the numbers are just outrageous. They are. And what a different world. I'm 56. And when I was a camp counselor at the age of 17, kind of an assistant camp counselor in Portland, Maine at Camp Agawam, we would have a day off and typically other counselors of my age would take time off and we would get some ice cream or see a movie or what have you, get a burger. It was a seven-week overnight camp for 130 boys from about 40 states around the country. I remember one of my secular friends, unbeknownst to me, had purchased a pornographic magazine at a convenience store when the rest of us had gotten some Cokes or pretzels or what have you. We were sitting at a picnic table, and he pulled this pornographic magazine out of the bag, and I was shocked at the images I was seeing for the first time. Here I was 17, had never been exposed to pornography previous to that. Because you and I grew up in an age where there was no internet. There was no ability through your phone, a laptop, to see the most degrading, Mm -hmm. violent, and I would add, moving images. This was just a magazine, and it was relatively mild compared to what's out there today. Well, and I think my first exposure would have been uh, I bought a house after graduating from college. I'm thinking I was 24 years of age. And I bought this really dumpy house for $90,000 in Oceano, California. It was a mess. I mean, the whole thing was a mess. But that, that happened to come upon a pornograph, pornographic magazine there. In And, and I'm you know, 23, 24 years of age. Now, of course, I was raised on the mission field in Japan. And, and uh, you know, we, I think we had some access to images on the streets in Japan. You would have some of that. But in terms of, you know, any kind of access... I didn't have anything until that point. And then it was just a matter of, you know, throwing it into the fireplace and repenting of any, you know, lascivious glances on my part. But, you know, and then, and then the battle rages, of course, with any kind of sexual temptation for, the, for any young man. And we can talk about that as well. But now we're not talking about, you know, 17-year-olds here. We're not talking about 22-year-olds. We're talking about 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds. In fact, the average age is now 12 years of age. According to this study, and this study was done on, I guess, parental approval, uh, you know, the folks that did it with Common Sense Media asked the parents for approval for, for doing this kind of thing, and uh, they surveyed some several hundred children, I think came down with some pretty accurate numbers as far as it compares with other studies I've seen. They said early on in the report, they said, given that the study was conducted with minors, 
The survey included a permission form for adult caregivers that included details of the study, allowing caregivers to make an informed decision on whether to allow their child to participate. Details included the purpose, requirements, risks, benefits, alternatives, compensation, confidentiality, point of contact for the study. After caregivers granted permission for their child to participate in the study, the rest of the survey was intended for the child to complete. If caregivers denied permission, the child's participation in the survey was terminated. So I appreciate the fact that, you know, they took some care in asking obviously difficult questions of children. Well, and the reason we're covering this is because we're concerned about families, parents that may not understand that we're living in a brave new world, a new age in which children have incredible access, especially parents that send their kids to Christian schools. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. I'm talking to parents who send their kids to Christian schools in which these kids have access to other kids whose parents do not control the media. And friends, this is a point at which we must throw the flag on the play. Christian schools, safe places. That's what so many people think. Public schools, safe places. Well, not so many think of that. But uh, the majority of children have seen pornography by uh, 13 years of age, some 53%. And age is key here. You know, think about 1973. You could not, you you wouldn't find a 12-year-old kid in an X-rated movie theater in 1973 that just wasn't happening now we're talking about 53 percent of 12 13 year olds have access to pornography uh and we're talking an increase from zero percent to 53 percent since 1973 that's a massive increase this is massively destructive to the social situation this is massively destructive to the the moral condition of children this is destroying children period Well, and 57% of them are not disclosing their exposure to pornography to any adult. No doubt they feel shame, they feel guilt, and there's a reason why they feel that shame and guilt. It underscores for me the absolute importance of having ongoing conversations with our children from the earliest of ages that are, of course, age-appropriate about sex and sexuality, God's gift, God's design, God's plan, the sensations involving sex are God's idea. It wasn't Hugh Hefner's idea of Playboy. It was God's idea, but it was like a fire in a fireplace meant for a certain place and time, and that is within the bonds of heterosexual marriage. A number of critical elements coming out of this study, Adam. Uh, One of them is that the majority of kids are viewing criminal forms of sexuality. That apparently is the favorite form. Now, there's, they, they dug into it. I'm not going to describe any of this. I, I do not want to describe what is happening, but I'm just simply saying that the preferred form of pornography that is accessed by kids under 17 years of age, and we're talking about the majority of kids, we're talking about 50 plus percent, are viewing criminal forms of sexuality and uh, cultivating among kids an extremely dysfunctional, even criminal form of sexuality get out of the way friends the high iphone generation will be the most dangerous generation when it comes to sexuality and and here's the biggest takeaway before we take a break uh, biggest takeaway is they accessed porn at school okay 20 percent public school 31 percent charter school 11 percent homeschool but the very worst religious schools christian schools 41 percent hmm. in other words they're getting it from their kids or their friends, their peer group at school, but 
specifically charter schools, Christian schools. People think, well, the charter school better, the Christian school better. You know, more conservative folks are going to send their kids off to the Christian school, the charter school. Uh-uh. It's worse there. It's worse. Now, homeschool is a problem as well. And I, I'd say the problem is everywhere. But their, their access to porn at school occurs 20% of the time with public school, 31% with charter school, 41% with Christian schools. Huge. In other words, your kids are less safe at Christian schools than they are in public schools, according to this massive study produced by Common Sense Media. What does that tell you? That tells you, uh uh-uh, the world has changed big time, big time. The iPhone has revolutionized electronic inputs, completely revolutionized human social existence on planet Earth. And I'm saying this has just been the last 13 years, completely revolutionized cultural expression, taking it out of community and putting it into the isolated, individualized, existentialistic Hell is other people worldview. And friends, this is going to be very destructive, extremely destructive. It's time to wake up, parents, and realize you send your kids off to private school, Christian school, charter school, they're going to have even more access to pornography than than they did in the public school. And I don't know why, but apparently there's more sharing of illicit stuff going on amongst religious schools and charter schools than there is with the standard public school. And, you know, back in the 1980s, 1990s, these kids could not take a television set into the bathroom with them. That's 400 pounds. It would have crushed them to death. Uh, You could not isolate yourself. Even your neighbor kids, the kids that were growing up in the Christian schools and the churches, they would watch television with their families in the living room. They could not isolate and go watch anything they wanted at any point in time. They could not do that in the 1980s and 1990s. You know, you could not take a 400-pound television set with you anywhere you wanted to go. Friends, that's changed. That's all changed in just the last 14, 15 years. And I pray that parents will wake up to this reality right now because, wow, we're looking at the destruction of hundreds of millions of children. The majority of kids will be destroyed. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we're back on the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you, Adam Manis as well, our co-host on this edition. Friends, we need to throw a flag on the play. We've got 73% of teens checking out pornography. By the time children are 12 years of age, over half have had access to pornography. And this from 0%, effectively 0%, maybe 1% or 2%, but almost 0% in the 1970s. Overall, adult participation has increased from 20% to 65%. 
between 1970 and 2019. So it's a majority as well. The sexual revolution has ruined everything as far as you know, statistics bear out. But uh, wow, by 2019, 95% of teens had full access to a smartphone and pornography. Almost half of them admit to constantly being on the Internet. So just keep that in mind. That That's the context. And, and you want to send your kids off into those Christian schools and charter schools. I just think the social context has changed dramatically. People say, well, yeah, yeah, I went to public school. I went to Christian school. I went to charter school back in the 1990s. Everything was fine. Things have changed today. And I think it's time for parents to wake up and realize, you know what? The whole scene has changed. And it's just time to be way more aware of what is going on, Adam. Common Sense Media came up with 10 key findings. You've touched on the first most teens, 73% reported that they have indeed consumed pornography. Number two, just under half of all teens, 44%, sought it out intentionally, but 58% encountered pornography accidentally. Inevitably, if they do a Google search, for example, of any specific topic for an innocent paper that they're writing for school, there is some weird porn subcategory affiliated with it, and they click on it thinking that they're looking at something that has to do with their research, and all of a sudden they're being exposed to nonsense. Number three, a majority of respondents who said they only had seen pornography accidentally reported that they had been exposed to pornography in the past week at 63%. That's high. And that means super high. That's incredible. That unintentional pornography exposure Mm -hmm. was a common Mm -hmm. experience. Yep. Number four, while the reported rates of exposure to pornography were similar across demographics, there were significant differences by gender in terms of intentional consumption of pornography. Number five, rates of intentional pornography consumption were also higher among homosexual, bisexual identified children. You know, they're already going down that road of sin, and and this is just another, I think, ripple effect of that. Number six, there was a tension between respondents' enjoyment of pornography and their feelings of guilt associated with consuming Not surprising. Not Number seven, teens indicated Mm -hmm. that they were learning about sex from the pornography they consumed, but there was a recognition that in the pornography that people were acting and that this was not indicative of typical sexual activity. Number eight, a majority of teens who indicated they had viewed pornography have been exposed to aggressive and or violent forms of pornography. 52% reported having seen porn that depicted what appears to be these right. various violent right. things that you can imagine. Right, right. That's Number good. nine, teens reported mm-hmm. that exposure right. to racial and ethnic stereotypes in pornography was common. And number 10, most teens indicated that they have discussed sex-related issues such as sex or condoms with trusted adults in their lives, but less than half, 43%, have discussed porn. All right. um, Here's a report that came out from the Heritage Foundation. Their conclusion, and this would have been a few years ago, I think two, three years ago, and they call it, listen to this, a post-mortem on the sexual revolution. Now, you know what a post-mortem is? You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. It's over. So here's what they say on the postmortem on the sexual revolution, what deregulation of pornography has wrought. The deregulation of pornography is part of a larger sexual revolution, which aimed to loosen Americans' attachment to a marriage that subordinates sex within an enduring, faithful community of love and responsibility. Advocates sought to deregulate pornography in the name of liberty with the hopes of ending sexual repression. 
This deregulation cultivates a culture emphasizing sexual self-expression, but has also had many unexpected side effects. Generally, Internet pornography is much more akin to an addiction than anyone had thought. Surprise, surprise. Its harms may be less spectacular than opponents of pornography had feared, but they are also deeper and more difficult to reverse. Its effects are indirect and subtle, not direct, and its uh, frequent consumption undermines the institutions that made relational beings happy. Internet pornography is much more akin to an addiction. Pornography affects human character, both indirectly and subtly. Ending the regulation of pornography has turned sexuality away from enduring love, responsibility, and marriage towards less enduring expressions of sexuality. I'd say that to put the issue mildly. All right, so that's the postmortem on the sexual revolution of the Heritage Foundation. And my conclusions after 25 years of fighting this thing for my family, my church, et cetera, et cetera. And I want you to get in on this one too, Adam, because let's talk solutions. First and foremost, let's remember Pandora's box is wide open. The demons are all over the place. So filtering, of course, awareness, of course, Uh, electronic media, huge risk, humongous risk, especially if there's no openness, especially if there's no conversation, especially if there's no transparency in terms of, you know, covenant eyes, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, we've got to be open. We've got to be open in conversation. We need to be sure that uh, we have the screens, you know, out in the open at all times. And there is interpersonal, you know, connection with what's going on. We don't watch movies alone, for example, in our family. We, we don't just sit there with media ingested as, you know, individualized situations in which we are hermetically sealed into our own existentialistic hell as other people conditions and you know absorbing the zeitgeist into ourselves and that doesn't happen in our family we're not doing that in fact we unplug when it comes to uh earphones and such hardly ever wear earphones i suppose if you know somebody's using a jackhammer in the basement or something we might you know pull, put some earphones on but that's about it you know we we do everything we can to keep our culture and community so just a few things gab is a cell phone that i have heard about we don't have in our home yet because our kids are not going to have phones probably until they're 17 or 18 but the Gab phone, G-A-B-B, does not allow access to the internet. It allows for phone calls and texts, and I don't even think it allows for sending pictures, which prevents the possibility of sending or receiving these sexts or pictures that are inappropriate that are both sent and received. I would also say, by way of my earlier comment before our break, in terms of having age-appropriate conversations with your children, that two excellent resources that Amy and I have used with our own children come from an author named Kristen Jensen. And the first one is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, A Simple Plan to Protect Young Minds for like five to nine-year-olds. The next one is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids, which is like for nine to 13-year-olds. And one of the keys that she emphasizes is the importance of inviting the conversation between child and parent when the child is exposed unintentionally, accidentally, perhaps in their own search for information on the internet and you don't have proper filters or they have been exposed to other people's computers or phones that don't have filters. 
the key is to ask them to talk to you. And so there's three points. Kristen Jensen says they need to stop, run, and tell. She has a very clear explanation for what's inappropriate. If part of the body is uncovered, that is normally covered by a bathing suit, then that's a problem. It just makes it very clear. Stop, run, and tell. And I love what Ryan Dobson said, the son of Dr. James Dobson. He has told his children that if they come to him and talk about exposure to pornography, either at their own hand or perhaps one of their friends showed it to them, they're able to describe what happened. He will give them $200. Now, that might be a great idea for some. Maybe you don't like it, but it's another idea out there to encourage your children who are already hesitant to come to you because they feel shame, they feel guilt, to say, look, this is a conversation we can have and we want to have and we welcome having because God's design is for marital intimacy not to be exploited in these graphic and objectifying ways. I asked Heath Lambert, who was the previous director of uh, American Society of Biblical Counselors uh, about this very issue. His input, I thought, was helpful in that he gave his kids the heads up, his boys especially, that if, if they see these things, then please let him know. But also he added, if, if there's anything of an attraction about immodesty, you know, let, let me know. Let's talk about that. So, you know, kind of giving them the heads up ahead of time that they need to be talking about these things, but not giving away too much about it too early on. It's a bit of a balance. Right. But here's, here's my point. Keeping your children from all pornography is your first priority. So keep that in mind as, as parents, especially parents just starting out. Keeping your children away from all pornography is your number one priority. Because even those recovering are oftentimes scarred for life. The scarring may not go away until the resurrection. I mean, this thing is very sad. Now, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ can save us from this. And now, I have, I have walked with, I don't know, maybe 40, 50, 60 young men, older men throughout you know, the last 20, 30 years. And I will say that we see about a 70% recovery rate. There is repentance. There has been a fairly decent trajectory for many who have sought help for this thing. There's a category of those who are not serious. And then there are the category of those who are serious. And of course, Heath Lambert talked about this at length on a recent interview But I recommend that no young person get married if they had any porn issues over the previous year. That is, they should have one clean year at the minimum, and hopefully they haven't had access to pornography to the point uh, that they they come to to marriage. But here, I want to end with this. A church must absolutely be walking in the light on this, my friends. Everybody who attends church has got to be transparent as to their internet habits and where they are in this matter of sexual temptation, pornography, and uh, and you're going to have to maintain tighter accountability and church discipline on these matters. It can be painful, but you're going to have to do it. Pastors are going to have to engage a higher level of accountability on these matters. Keep in mind, friends, there's, there's also still 5, 6, 8, 10, 20% of men who are not giving into this. So keep that in mind as well. But, uh, but in general, you're probably going to have to deal with the issue 
as pastors, as leaders in churches. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. You can interact with the program on this matter or any other matter by emailing me to host at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.